0: You're listening to The Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 59 of The Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz, First of all, how was the holiday, Chris?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you, Craig. Nice relaxing break. Yeah, you're you all good?
0: Did you go anywhere nice? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good, thank you.
1: Yeah, just at Alicante for a week with uh, the parents. have got a, a place over there, so just spent a chilled week over there.
0: Was the weather okay? Uh,
1: not for the first couple of days. It was lashing down, but it uh, turned okay in the end, so we got a few days So
0: That's good to hear. Our very own Kaz uh, had a special week. She got to walk out the team alongside her partner at St Andrews. Try and sum up that experience for yourself, Kaz. Oh, it was absolutely immense, mate. Like, obviously, everybody
2: knows I don't follow the men, so it was absolutely fantastic. I would also like to thank Christopher Fev for uh, allowing me to do that part of his uh, sponsorship with the women as well. So thank you to Chris.
0: Thanks indeed to Chris for allowing Kaz to have that opportunity, of course. Before we look back at the Liverpool game then, I think we should pay tribute to our captain, Keris Harrop, who has made a 250th appearance for the club against the Merseyside team on Sunday. Over her career at the Blues, she has scored an impressive 19 goals, including three in the Champions League. In fact, there's only one player, Kirsty Lynette, who has scored more goals in the European Cup competition. For me, she typifies the blue spirit coming through our youth setup and rising to the position of captain. She was born just over a month before me, funnily enough, and to see what she's uh, managed to achieve is superb and makes me feel like I should achieve a bit more. But (laughs) perhaps uh, she would have liked to win a few more trophies by now, but her dedication to Birmingham City is undeniable. She was also part of the England under-19 side who won the European Championships back in 2009, and she has a first-class honours degree in sports science. I thought it'd be a nice uh, moment to uh, just share our thoughts on uh, Keris' career so far, and uh, any, spe- any memories that stand out for the both of you?
2: On and off the pitch, uh, on the pitch, she's a leader. Just her overall player. she can see things that other people can't see. She's probably one of the best defenders I've seen play, and it's a shame she's not actually in the first England squad. I think she's well underrated as a player. And my favourite moment, God, there's been so many. But I've got to say, it had to be when we scored against Reading and she came over and hugged me and Chris in the celebration. That was just epic. But
0: yeah, absolutely fantastic player. Yeah, she does like scoring against Reading. She. Probably can't claim the one which they scored last season, which was probably an own goal, but she was def- definitely in the conversation for that one as well. So another, another great moment there. Uh, Chris, how about you?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest credit I can give Cares is that in the ever-changing world and the rapidly changing world of women's football um, and the WSL, which it has been over the last seven or eight years, not many players certainly in a defensive sense have have stayed the course throughout that time um you know and, and got better and better and kez is someone that you can put in that category. I think if you were probably to do a an all time WSL eleven, I think Keris would walk into that defence. Um she's been a mainstay of of this side um you know and, and her character um her ambition and her drive um is sums you know, as a blues fan, men and women, um, you know, that's the sort of player you want in your side. You you wanna you wanna see that commitment that she puts in week in, week out. She wants the best for her team. She wants the best for her, you know, her teammates. Um and and I think like you say, uh, getting the captain's role, um you know, club captain now after seeing captains like Laura Bassett and then obviously alongside Westwood more recently than that and Carney as well. You know, she's seen a lot of change at Blues and she's she's seen players come and go, um, opportunities come and go, but, you know, she's remained constant and, and you know, that, that's the biggest credit I can give her in that you know, so much has changed, so much has grown over over the, the last eight years or so in women's football. But but Keris was there at the start and she's still here now. And, you know, she is a an inspirational role model for, for anybody who wants to play women's football.
0: Absolutely. And she does so much work with the uh, sister club program to inspire the future generations as well. So she's given back what she got uh, all, all that time ago when she first started playing football herself.
1: I don't think it's a secret, the fact that she's a West Brom fan, but, you know, she she gets blues as well. She gets what blues are about. She gets, you know, she gets the fans, you know, she understands what the fans want from from a Birmingham City player. Um, and she is everything that we'd want in a player.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, Keris, for the memories so far and hopefully more to come in the future. On to the Liverpool game then. and Marta made three changes from the side that beat West Ham United last weekend. Lucy Staniforth, Sarah Mayling and Claudia Walker all returned to the starting lineup. The notable omission was Captain Kerris Harrop herself, who was uh, dropped to the bench when you saw the team sheet, Chris were you surprised to see Kerris on the bench?
1: um yeah, a little bit I think you know that left back slot is you would expect it to be either Kerris or Paige, so to see both of them on the bench was a bit of a surprise um Really, the only question was who was going to play right back and who was going to play left back. It turned out that Harriet Scott would play left back. So, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see her not start. But maybe it was a case of Marta looking ahead to next season, and you know she she knows that Kerris will will be in the squad, so maybe she's looking at other options to see to see where she needs to strengthen if she does need to strengthen or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I spoke to Marta after the game and she spoke on that topic among other things so we'll play that clip for you now it's your first experience at st andrews what did you think of the occasion
3: yeah it's my first experience like uh, playing i've been before here watching the men's team it's really nice it's a great uh, scenario and uh, yeah very happy to be here
0: two goals for alan white obviously she's been out a long time this season with injuries but she's come back and she's got into the form she was in before she got injured. How impressed have you been with how well she's played for you?
3: I've not been impressed because I know her since long time ago. And uh, I really expect uh, this level of performance because I know she can do it.
0: The summer's almost on, on upon us. Are there players you have in mind that you want to bring in without naming anyone? Are you looking at the people at the moment? Mm,
3: yeah, we're working on that. We're working on that. Um, probably some ones will go and some others will come, but we don't have names uh, yet.
0: Anyone who's close to signing a new deal with the club at the moment, do you know? Uh,
3: no, yeah, not not, yet. Not, nobody's close until they really sign. <laughs> uh, here it can happen anything. Whatever club can get into the middle and, and fail the, the, the business. So you never know until they really sign.
0: Keris was on the bench today. She's obviously captain. Was it an injury that she was... Co- um, or did you want to just mix it up a bit to have Keris on the bench instead of... Um, and, and have Aoife Manion as captain today?
3: Yeah, no, there wasn't any injury. It was just circumstances. Okay. Eva
0: yeah. um, came in as captain today. How do you think she did leading the team on the pitch?
3: I think pretty well. I think pretty well. Um, she's, uh, she has a lot of leadership. She's also a very good player. Uh, she's a player that you... Every single day appreciate the difference and um, we were pretty sure she, she will do it well. Yeah, so happy with her.
0: She's obviously been named in the PFA Team of the Year, she's, so she's been nominated by the fellow professionals in the game. Uh, how much do you think that means to uh, to have one of the players who everyone else in the, every other team knows just how good she is?
3: Yeah I think it is very important and I completely agree and understand because I could have both hair as well. <laughs>
0: Just a quick word on uh, the team's performance today. Did any anyone stand out? How well they did playing on? Because considering we, we usually play here and we don't play very well, but we played quite well today. Um, what do you what have you done anything differently? Do you think all well, the players have done anything differently to play well when they usually don't play as well as they do at Damson Park?
3: I don't really know what have happened before. Why didn't they play so well? I don't know the reason. But uh, this week we as as always we focus on preparing the match, scouting the opponent, but we are very focused as well on what kind of football do we want to play. Um, no matter whatever opponent is in front, uh, we must also think on what do we want for us as our own style. And uh, we've been working a lot since, since I came here really. On moving the ball very fast, uh, keeping the ball, not not risking the ball, a lot of fast balls circulating, uh, a lot of double switching, playing wide, and um, we put also through the week a lot of uh, responsibility on getting the opportunity to play here, to show up that we deserve to play here because it's sometimes it's very easy to say I want that I don't have I don't have, but what do you deserve? So we play we. We put it, a lot of responsibility and we told the players, if you want a better scenario, if you want to improve, there's something else that you can do. So we, we, we pushed them a little bit to, to really high performance here. And uh, yeah, in not the 90 minutes, but let's say a little bit more than half of the match was pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Comparing St Andrews to Damson Park, we usually play. It's obviously a different size pitch. Do you change the way you play based on that?
3: No, and I don't really think, probably it's a little bit different, but I don't really think the difference of the size of the pitch is so much. It's uh, obviously the quality of the grass is uh, better here, but um, no, I don't think, I, I don't like the excuses. I, I don't want to say it's because of the pitch, it's because the responsibility is on us.
0: Um, in looking at the game, um, Harriet Scott played at left-back. She she's been playing a lot of right-back recently. Was that just uh, a necessary change based on the Keres was dropped from the, the starting lineup, and you needed someone who was good at playing left-back?
3: No, not really. We also had a page who could have played there. It's just sometimes uh, we're like Testing new ideas and uh, depending on how have they worked through the week. But with Harriet on the left we can be calm and sure because uh, she used to play left left fullback on her national team for a long time. So we just know she can go on both sides and uh, in fact um, today I think it was better to put her on the left because of, of the characteristics of the of the opponent.
0: Thanks to Marta once again. Now, Kaz, it was a much better performance, I thought, from the team this Sunday when we compare it to previous games at St Andrews. Why do you think that was? Obviously, the pitch was watered this time compared to last year, where it was um, just like straw. But it runs deeper than that, doesn't it? We'd we never really play well there, but this time we we, we really did.
2: Yeah, uh, I have no idea. if There was like a lot of space, so I, I don't even think Liverpool are used to playing on a big pitch. So I think we worked out how they were going to play so it left a lot of room open for us to attack but yeah that's the best i've seen the blues women play at st andrews the only other game i've seen play better is when we played uh, arsenal in the champions league that that game was a very good game on that st andrews pitch and it's a very nice pitch too
0: it is when, when when it's been watered yes i agree it was a good, strong start from the Blues. Charlie Wellings forcing a strong save from Fran Kitching in the goal early on. And it was from a Wellings' effort that led to the opening goal in the 20th minute. Charlie fired one from the edge of the area. It was tipped onto the post and then Ellen White running in at the right time to pounce on the rebound. We know she's more than a poacher, Chris, but she sure has that killer instinct when it comes to getting chances.
1: Yeah, her goal scoring record speaks for itself. Um you know the the fact that she's in the right place at the right time you know that that's not luck that's that's years of experience in in getting those goals you know getting in areas that that will get you goals and as you say charlie's shot hits the post um and and ellen it's not a surprise that ellen is the one who's alive more than any any of the liverpool defenders and has a as a simple tap in to open the scoring
0: the fans didn't have to wait long for the second either as White got her second of the game nine minutes later. Ellen lays the ball across to Chloe Arthur, who then deftly lobs the ball over the back line for White to get on the end of and head it over to, over the top of the onrushing keeper. Funny enough, Mario Gertz has scored a similar goal later in the day in the Bundesliga, which uh, Blues player Emma Follis was quick to point out on social media. You can have the spectacular strikes like Hayley Lads the other week but sometimes those well-worked team goals are just as good, if not better. Right, Kaz?
2: I definitely agree. If anybody's ever watched Ellen, she can score all types of goals. And the play up for that second goal was absolutely unreal. That pass from Chloe Arthur. Wow. It was like, a who can we say, a Ronaldo-type David Beckham pass into Ellen, and she got a red line with So, yeah. And I would... If I was aboard now, I would be sitting down with Ellen and giving her whatever she wants because her goals are important to this
0: club. Now, Liverpool, especially in the first half, were passengers, to be honest. Courtney Sweetman Kirk in particular was isolated up front with no real service. They came out after the break with an added verve and looked to press higher on the pitch. Rinsola Babajide looked a fret down the left, but Aoife Mannion did well to keep her at bay. That was a nice friendly tussle between those two, I thought, uh, Aoife was shrugged off a few times, but she got straight back up and after Rinsola. Great to see that competitive edge. Anyway, it was Liverpool who looked the more likely to score in the second half, especially after the introduction of Neve Charles. Closest they came was a ball from the left by Babajide, which was poked wide at the back post by Sweetman Kirk. In truth, perhaps the Blues stepped off of the gas a little bit in the second half, but we held on for the clean sheet and all three points. The win takes us up to third, but having played a game more than Chelsea. Before we move on though, I have one final interview from after the Liverpool game. So without further ado, here's England international, Ellen White. Ellen, it's been a tough season for you. You've had a a period where you were out and you you were scoring goals beforehand and and you scored goals afterwards. After a really good season last year, you pleased with what you've managed to accomplish despite the injuries this season?
4: Yeah, no. Obviously, it is um, frustrating to be injured uh, when I was, but yeah, no. I feel like I uh, I worked really hard in rehab um, with with uh, my medical team and, and the physios. So um, yeah, I came back in a in a really good mental state and I felt physically fit and healthy. And uh, yeah, I feel in a good place at the moment and contributing to the team. And you know, I'm enjoying playing and scoring goals. And and you know, I'm enjoying playing for England as well. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. Obviously, yeah, we've had some ups and downs in the season, but you know, ultimately, you know, we've probably cemented four fourth place and you know we're pushing for third and um, to push Chelsea off that but you know we can we can look at the season in in a positive way overall I think we've done well.
0: And we've played a really good game at Sandry's we don't usually play well here compared to how we play at Downson Park what do you think clicked today that hasn't happened in the past that we've played so well on this pitch do you think?
4: Pictures a lot better <laughs> oh, compared uh, to
0: the straw from last year. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, I think there was just a lot of spaces. I think Liverpool gave us a lot of spaces, and we exploited that. And I think um, we like having the ball at our feet and moving it. So uh, probably second half, or we let standards drop. But you know, I think the game was probably won in the first half. So um, yeah, I think it was the size of the pitch and the fact that we could have the ball at our feet and move it around quite well.
1: On the subject of scoring goals it's a good habit to have going into what could be a big summer for yourself
4: yeah no i'm just enjoying playing and trying to stay fit and healthy and and hopefully be up for selection for for that world cup so yeah i'm just trying to do everything i can for club and, and hopefully yeah be selected for for the upcoming games and obviously the world cup and yeah i feel in a good place and yeah, I'm enjoying playing football.
1: And As well as obviously you mentioned the surface here, how was it playing in the stadium in front of that crowd?
4: Yeah, it's, it's always a great feeling to, to be able to play in big stadiums like this and obviously, you know, a great crowd as well and a lovely pitch. So, you know, we can't take that for granted. It, we're, we're very privileged to have that. And, you know, we put on a big performance, a nice clean sheet and three points. And, you know, hopefully we can have many more games here and, and hopefully improve and, and keep going.
1: And looking ahead to the last game of the season, what are your thoughts ahead of that?
4: I think we just want to go unbeaten, to be honest. We're on a roll now, we've had three out of three, and we want that fourth one. The oval away, it's on a slightly different surface, but you know we, we'll take that in our strides. I think we beat them in, I can't remember if it was the FA Cup or Continental Cup recently, but we, we enjoy playing Oval. You know, it would be a tough game, but we're excited by it and we want that fourth win in, on the bounce to, to, to go into the off-season, to be honest.
2: Yeah, good to end on a
4: high. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think that's a really good confidence and momentum for us as well. And uh, yeah, we can definitely take this game as a momentum and the last two games as well, um, as a really confidence boost going into that Yeovil game.
0: On to our final game of the season then, and it is away to already relegated Yeovil Town on the 11th of May. Yeovil's issues this season have been well-documented, but they have been some successes too. They did the double over Everton, which might seem like a consolation prize given the points deduction, but the joy of those players got on those two occasions will not fade in their minds easily, I'm sure. They also pushed Man City to the edge in their last game uh, just this past weekend, which was a bit surprising, but goes to show they have nothing left to lose and are fighting for every point now to try and finish on a positive points total. As their manager, Lee Birch, pointed out on social media earlier this week, they continue to be mistreated by those support, supposedly support uh, promoting the game. For those who haven't seen the women's football show this week, the highlights from the Yeovil game featured a Yeovil goal. They scored it really early in the match. But what's weird about it was the commentator didn't have a clue who had scored it. If that's live, that's very poor. And if that's a recorded afterwards, the commentary, that's unforgivable, really. They know all the Man City players, but either they don't know or they couldn't be bothered to look up on the team sheet who from Yeovil had scored the goal. What do you think of this incident, Chris?
1: Yeah, I I didn't see it on the the women's football show. It was only when Lee Birch and and a few other people tweeted about it that uh, I became aware of it. all i would say you know as sad as it sounds are we surprised the the preparation that that would go into a man city versus ever game would um would almost certainly be about um the the manchester city players and, and and what they can do you know and it is you're you're right it's unforgivable and it's highly unprofessional not to give ever the, the respect that they they have deserved being a wsl club but i think um was it was it Jonathan on, on Twitter, um, had done a little piece I just saw became before we came on and, and did the podcast about the the women's football show. Um yeah, my my point again is are we surprised? It's a sad state of affairs. If it was like you say, if it was any of the, the Man City players, they'd they'd know exactly who has scored. They'd know their you know, their their season statistics and everything. But um but not Yeovil, and um, unfortunately, um, that's where we still are in women's football. It's it, it's the big three, and then the rest. Unfortunately, obviously, the big four when Man United come in next season.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's just important that we point these things out. So hopefully, in the future, they do something about it. But definitely, well, yeah, yeah, that,
1: that, that's spot on. You know, and, and and Lee has every right to be angry and and disappointed at the way that you know his his players and and his side have been treated you know they've they've gone to a side who are unbeaten in the division this season and pushed them all away and and you know it's it's pretty evident that you know the BBC and the, the women's football show have have no really interest in what you have to offer
0: which is a real shame now we've got that off our chests we'll look ahead to the game this uh well a week Sunday I should say When we take on Yeovil Town, a team that we have found out in the home fixture can rattle us if given the chance. We were cruising almost, and then we almost conspired to lose it when we played them earlier in the season. We have, of course, beaten them since then at their place in the FA Cup, but still it's reason not to count the points just yet. Who stands out when you see the team sheet of Yeovil Town, Kaz? Uh, I think
2: you've got to go for the goal scorer who got against Man City, Ferguson. She looks very lively of what I've seen. Obviously, is it Walsh in goal? Yeah. Uh, what an absolute, absolute fantastic goalkeeper. I was only saying to my partner yesterday when we watched the football show, if anything ever happened to Hannah, God forbid, she never leaves. I would totally try and get her because she's probably one of the best keepers in the league.
0: Yeah, I would agree. It's She's, she's a very good keeper and I think anyone will be looking to sign her this summer if Yeovil have to let her go but We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeovil have scored 11 times this season, which is an increase of of a whopping nine goals on last season in their debut WSL season. They didn't even have a win last season, but under Lee Birch, they have won twice. It's definitely a season of progress for them, but perhaps that progress has come a little too slowly for them to survive. The last away day of the season is always a special occasion, so hopefully it's going to be a great game for all the fans traveling down to it. I did earlier in the season say we should try and wear green and white in solidarity with Yeovil Town for this one. I would implore anyone who's going to the game to do so, if you're heading there. I'm sure they'll appreciate it after their recent troubles. But before we go, it's everyone's favourite time of the week, prediction time. Kaz, how about you start it for the final one of the series? I'm
2: going to say 3-2 to Birmingham.
0: That'll certainly be an eventful game if we see a 3-2, Kaz. What about you, Chris?
1: Uh... I will be um, I'll be slightly more pessimistic than that. Uh, I will go 1-0 Blues.
0: 1-0 Blues? I, I, I don't like being the optimistic one because last week I was optimistic and people it were worked. genuinely surprised when I was optimistic.
1: It worked <laughs> last week, though.
0: I know. I was almost correct as well. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for 3-1 to Birmingham City in this one then. So that was a 3-2 from Kaz, 1-0 from Chris, and a 3-1 from myself. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.